Welcome to the Spend and Nick Show. It's episode 11. Today we're going to cover the Business Model Canvas. Nick, tell us all about it. Oh, well, I'm super excited because the Business Model Canvas is an amazing tool that helps us assess our business, get a better idea of it, but also help us think about how we can improve our business. So, um, shall I share what the nine boxes are? Yeah, do that. I think it's really important. So, um, just to give you a bit of context, um, um, it looks a bit like this. It's almost like a map of your business. Mm -hmm. Instead of making a long business plan, um, which you can do anyway, but to start with, it's good to create kind of like a a, a one-page version um, and really like visualize it. Um, So, in terms of the nine blocks, what you've got is you've got your customer segment, the type of customers you're trying to target. Um, and what they're trying to do. You've got your uh, value proposition, um, which is kind of like your product and how it helps your customers. You've got um, your channels, which is how you get your product to your customers, um, maybe through physical stores or through um, ads or through social media. Then you've got the type of relationship. So that might be a business to business relationship, or you might be going straight to your customer, business to consumer. Then you've got your um, uh, key resources, which are the things that are special to your company that enable you to um, make your business possible. You've got what you do with those, which is the key activities. You've got your key partners, and then you've got the costs associated um, with all those things. But equally as well, which I've missed, is your revenue, which is how you're making money. So those nine Critical. Boxes, right? That's <laughs> a pretty important one right there. <laughs> well, yeah, if you, don't ha- if you don't do that, you haven't got a, um, a viable business. Absolutely. So. Um, and I think that leads on nicely to the idea that you've got... Um, these kind of uh, four boxes are all around your desirability. Does any do they, do they want it basically? Um, and then the these three boxes are kind of can we build it? And then these two bo- boxes at the bottom is well should we? Are we going to make any money from it? Got it, got it, got it. Um, and yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about um, what we're going to do then today? Yeah, I think really quickly if I can. Um, I think that's a really good explanation by the mm-hmm. way. Super quick, probably fastest but most uh, on point I've seen for a long time, ever, (laughs) probably. Um, But also, a really quick question. I've always thought about this as something you do when you first got an idea at the very beginning stages of businesses. I know that's how we see it a lot in the kind of startup world, but there's an argument to say that you use this a lot more. Do you want to talk a bit really quickly about that? Yeah, definitely. So I've been to quite a lot of startup weekends and kind of startup events. um, And it's about people that haven't yet started their business, but or maybe on the very early stages of it. And they use it to say, well, this is what I'm aspiring to build as my business model. Um, And that's great. And you can totally use it in that context. But equally, another context you can use it in is going, hey, I've got my business. Let's actually reflect on the business and see where we're at. So it's both a, a vision for the future, but also looking back. But what I would suggest is that you you'd create two different canvases. Mm-hmm. So one to look back and one to look forward. Because that's the thing. If you put too much information on your business model canvas, it becomes a mess. Yeah. And what Alex Osterwalder call, talks about, cognitive murder. Right. It's, it's so confusing <laughs> when you look at it and it's just a mess of sticky notes. Yeah. So what we want to do is try and, um, it, as you're creating it, put all the sticky notes down. But then what you want to do is kind of take away the ones that aren't as relevant so that you're just showing people kind of like a really clear um, kind of uh, like straight to the point kind of version. Brilliant. Is that, is that helpful? Really helpful. Thanks cool. so much. Um, so I, I suppose we probably should say that we've already spoken through this before recording this. Yeah. So that we can hopefully make it a little bit more streamlined for the recording. Yeah. But we're going to use, again, Future Builders as the example to play out what the whole how to do a whole business model canvas. Again, we've gone through it so that we can be as quickly quick as possible, but there's probably going to be some new things as we kind of bounce, bounce this around as well. So definitely yeah, excited to do it for future builders again. No, I'm excited to talk about it because I yeah. think this is such a good way to understand a business quickly. 
And I think we've spoken about future builders in a few episodes already, mm -hmm. but this episode is going to help people really understand it quickly, I yeah, think. Absolutely. And I think just one other thing that's come to mind is that with all of this, and I think this is ongoing throughout the business, but certainly more in the early stages, is that what we're doing is we're actually mapping out the assumptions that we have for our business. So we've made assumptions that, for example, that we make revenue this way and this is a good way to do it. Right. Or that we're making assumptions that these are the type of customers that we're trying to go for and that you know this is, this is their needs. We're making assumptions this is the best channel. So what we're trying to do is constantly question these assumptions or validate them, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's just a point. I and actually, even helpful. just getting them these assumptions out of your head and onto onto a sticky note, onto paper, means that you're you, you're freeing up that cognitive load. Your your brain is there to come up with the ideas, not to store them. Right? Physicalizing it, externalizing it. I think um, what um, David Allen calls it is distributed cognition. Yes, well. yeah, yeah. But also, it means that you can action some of these things. You can turn those hypotheses into tests further down the line so that you could then do some things like a assumption mapping or hypothesis mapping and focus on the things that you're most uncertain about. So I think a super valuable thing. Definitely, definitely. So let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, I like to start, you don't always have to, but I think it's good to start with your customers. Um, start all the way on the in, like kind of not intuitive side, which is the opposite on the right hand side. Yeah. So with you, who are the types of customers that you're kind of uh, focusing on and kind of problems that they've got? Yeah, so I think customer-wise, we're focused on we're we're both B two C and B two B. So I just want to kind of hit that at that difficult barrier straight up, straight up front. Yeah. On the B two C side, we're looking for people who are maybe early in their careers. They might be recent graduates, for example. They might be changing towards um, a different job or quite fresh into a new job, and they need to develop skills in as quick a way as possible. On the B2B side, we're working with or trying to focus on um, startups and scale-ups. So companies of maybe 10 to 100 people um, in their teams um, that are, you know, that those early adopters and innovators. I think the biggest thing for me around the people that we're trying to serve, particularly in these early stages, is there's no point for going for those early and later majorities. If you think about the kind of crossing the chasm, the distribution of innovation curve, the bell curve. Mm. Um, we're really trying to focus on people that accept that this is an early stage product that might not have all of the kind of enterprise features. And so startups and scale ups are generally the people that kind of do that. Um, and so that's our, our target demographic with the B2B. And you mentioned probably they don't have HR, right? Yeah, often they won't have HR yet. They're not quite at that scale where they've got kind of dedicated HR teams and certainly not learning and development teams. So this is a kind of a solution that fills in some of those gaps. So for people that want to change skills or develop the skills that they've got, but they might not have someone directly they can turn to within their organization. Brilliant, okay. And in terms of um, the product or the value proposition, that's Future Builders platform. Yeah, Future Builders platform. I find it really hard to talk about this without talking about the, the, the need, the real pain, the problem that we're going to be facing over the next few years. And literally, there's a billion people that are going to need to radically upskill and reskill in the next 10 years. Mm. And without that upskilling, without that reskilling, they will be out of, out of work. And so we're really trying to serve that portion of the population that might be at risk of displacement from their current jobs. What, for, what that means from a business perspective is 
if you're if you don't have people that have the right skills and are able to be productive in the right way with your business then you're going to be losing your competitive edge it may mean that your business could be in trouble as well um i'm hearing you need the right skills at the right time right skills at the right time nice beautifully summed up <laughs> <laughs> um, also i just want to go back to the fact which is something that we didn't come up with before this which is that you said i think your customer segment is one billion people who need to upskill and reskill it is yeah that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a billion could work for us, you know. <laughs> it may, well, that's, yeah. Um, and in terms of your channels at the moment, uh, what are your main channels for um, uh, for customer acquisition and, so, and interacting with them? And interacting. Yeah. Okay, so we've done a whole load of experiments. We've talked about that previously on the show about some of the experiments that we've run. We did a lot of ad experiments to figure out what the proposition should be mm. and that actually worked out really well for for our customer acquisition so we're still using kind of paid channels more kind of um not not with a heavy campaign of spending a lot of money more kind of drip dripping people into our into our funnel we're also um doing so yes using social media i guess we're doing bits of content this is a you know, this really is content marketing for yeah. Future Builders, a lot of what we're doing, but it's also, you know, it's, it's content marketing for the stuff that you do in your workshops and your facilitation as well. So it's definitely... So this uh, is sponsored by uh, Future Builders. <laughs> it's oh, sponsored nice. by Future Builders. So I'm exactly. going to get, you know, get paid for this. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <Yeah. laughs> it's all about value creation, not necessarily monetary value, but it's about value for everyone. Um, we're also trying to build into the product some of the, some virality and viral loops. So... Not only can you create playlists of content, but you can share those pieces of those those playlists to anywhere. The easiest way to kind of uh, to figure this out or to kind of bring this to life is you might have a a list of twenty books for twenty twenty, right? And you can put that into a playlist on Future Builders and share that through social media, through WhatsApp, to your kind of smaller mm. communities, to Slack channels in your in your work and your organisations, mm. uh, email marketing campaigns, all of that kind of stuff that can get quickly out get out the lists that you're creating of really great content that you that you recommend for other people to use. Brilliant, and you mentioned as well around the teams for the B2B side. Yeah, B2B side, so what often happens with, particularly with these smaller companies where you've got these innovators and, and early adopters, they might try something on a kind of free, testing the platform out kind of basis and we're definitely going with our growth angle to get those kinds of people but then the ideal situation is that they share that internally with their teams at work and we turn it into a team account and then they have private playlists for their teams that they can share and that might include things that are um, bespoke to that organization bespoke around their industry their context their domain it might even be internal documentation that they want to share as well mm, that's interesting so single source of all of that great content that they want to share. Great, okay. Um, and then we've kind of done it already because the very first thing you mentioned around was B2C and B2B. Mm. So I think that's the, the that's kind of the, relationship. That's the type of, type of relationship, as you say. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's anything further on that. I think, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough when you're creating anything new, when you're trying to ch create change, we were talking about this uh, very recently about how you create big change in organizations. You know, if you can focus on those early adopters and those innovators, those people that are going to be accepting of and looking actually for change, they want new stuff. Mm -hmm. That's by their very nature. That's that's who they are. That's the they're the people that we really want to be focusing on. The difficulty we're going to hopefully have in the next few months and years is going to be how do we cross over into that early majority and later majority eventually. They will come, but they need those early adopters to really be at the, those advocates of it. Brilliant. Um, and then so now we're going to go on to um, the key resources 
Um, don't, you don't always have to follow this um, uh, like approach that we're going, mm-hmm. well, the way that we're, we're doing it. Yeah. But key resources, I think you're a key one in this. <laughs> yeah. You're one of the key. Things. I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, almost 20 years in the education space, always trying to um, push a few of those boundaries about what, what it means to learn really well. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I have a... Uh, entrepreneurial track record. An entrepreneurial track record, but, but also a, a, a contrarian belief around how we learn as well, perhaps. So, you know, I believe really passionately that people don't just learn from courses and formal f- forms of education, but we, we learn from resources. So that could be great content, but it c- could also be individual people that you want to connect with. I mean, I've learned so much from you, right? And I've almost, I'm really lucky that I've got this person get a bit into jargon but personalized learning network mm. where I'm able to go to different people and find different sources of content that help me learn and I can do that naturally now because I know where those places are what we're trying to do with future build is almost create that for other people mm. so yeah that's very nice yeah. that's yeah. got to be in there in the value proposition at some point yeah as well. hopefully yeah um you also but I, th- I think you um rushed just quickly and I just want to okay. just put it back in is that you have generated millions and pounds of revenue yep. for startups and companies that you've worked Yeah, the last couple of years, yeah. With, yeah. You know, with Makers, we took that from an idea to two million pounds of booked revenue in, in inside 12 months. Yeah. Um, really fortunate again with that because we had really good relationships with a lot of clients already that yeah. kind of really wanted this thing and it was a perfect moment in time for that. Um, and before that, Future Builders, you know, I've taken pilot of 20 grand with a big client up to three four five million quid mm-hmm. deals based on repeating really good good activity and then scaling scaling across and certainly what industries. you did at uh, makers like the percentage of people in the population that have done that is so slim so i think that's a that's a definitely a key resource yeah it's cool so you're also venture backed yes venture backed so we do have some money we're actually uh, doing a fun uh, a fundraising round uh, as we speak um so you know, pretty pretty excited about about what that's going to be able to do for us. Hopefully, accelerate our growth, mean that we can build out the features and products that we really want to be going for, and we can start to move from individuals to smaller businesses and then go upscale. That's what we're looking to do: is move up towards the enterprise space as we build out this bigger platform and bigger set of tools that really help people kind of change change the change their lives and be more productive in work. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you've got your web and mobile app. Yeah, web and mobile app. So the platform is built. We've got the uh, the front end web app, um, which is doing. We're doing a lot of UX work on it at the moment. We're really trying to trying to get that experience down as good as we can do. And we've also got a mobile app, which I'm hopefully when this show goes out, actually will hopefully be live in the app store, both Google and uh, that's great. And we iOS. might be able to put a link underneath the YouTube. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Spotify. Are there any way to put links in there? Yeah, I'm sure we'll figure out how okay, to cool. make sure those links get across. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so key activities, the things you're doing, um, it's probably building apps is a huge part of it. Building, engineering work, yeah. So I prim- primarily focus on product, or kind of as, as CEO, focusing on product and growth as the main two things. So um, we've got an engineering team. They're building out the designs, you know, from the front-end perspective, the designs that I've, I've kind of built. Um, I'm doing the product management. We're building out apps as quickly as possible, Um and on the growth side, doing, you know, yeah, again, doing a lot of marketing, trying this, there's two directions for me here. It's new users and it's um, retention of existing users and, and activating those, those existing users to be really valuable into this, what essentially is a network effects business as well. Mm. So for every new person that comes 
into the platform. They're creating playlists and content and curating great stuff, which means it's adding value, even more value to that ecosystem. So the more people I can get activated to creating those stuff, that stuff, the better. I'm probably splitting my time, I'd imagine, something around two thirds on the app building and the product side and about a third on the, the growth and the app, uh, activation side. And actually this leads me on quite well um, with the marketing to talk about um, revenue. So yeah. how are you making money? So um, simple, it's a SaaS business, so it's a subscription as a service, so we get, we're get aiming for monthly recurring revenues. Mm -hmm. That's a really important thing for us. Um, essentially, we've got a freemium version as well, so you can access the app for free. We're currently just uh, holding up a, a wait list, and we're just about to launch the product, relaunch the product um, towards the end of this month, early next month. Um, but then the strategy is grow with a whole load of free accounts, get people to really love it, have some additional premium features that people really want and charge for that. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one. That's going to be less than 10 quid a month. Mm -hmm. um, something like looking currently the model about six pounds a month, six, six to 10 pounds a month. Then there's the team activation. This is where the B2B side of things comes, comes in. So for um, People in teams, they get access to private team, private playlists for their team. They get analytics, and that's where we see big growth happening. Um, so yeah, it's a subscription service. There's other potential revenue streams that we're not discounting, um, such as possibly having ads. Mm. We could definitely see value in having ads if they're um, complementary. If they're ads, maybe for course providers or for, you know, learning designers that want to kind of share their their content. Um, so if it's if it's valuable, we can. I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of of that model, but I think it's 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 definitely worth investigating further. Brilliant. And then, um, where are the main costs coming from for you? Yeah, it's people, personnel. It's the biggest costs. Um, Again, I'd probably say it's about two thirds of our cost base is on um, personnel, mm -hmm. um, and about about quarter a quarter or so of our of our um, cost base is in the marketing. Yeah, that's totally side. understandable. Yeah, um, and then in terms of the other costs, it's probably associated around um, marketing, right? Yeah, marketing growth. Um, so. Ads, but also we're investigating things like um, uh, affiliate marketing or um, or any kind of influencer reach out. So looking at different channels for for marketing. There's a small amount, of course, that goes into operations, and you're kind of keeping keeping the lights on. Cool. You know, we're lucky at the moment because we've got this partnership network, and we're going to talk about partnerships a bit more, I think. But we've got this partnership network with Founders Factory, which is where we are now. Um, so they they're giving us desk space. Um, so some of those additional costs that we would have are kind of uh, part of uh, coming into this accelerator program. But definitely in the near future, we'll be we'll be moving out and have to find desk space of our own. <laughs> That's going to be scary. Now it's going to be super cool. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, you mentioned earlier clients as well for yeah, partners. Yeah, partners, absolutely, yeah. So we've launched with a few B2B clients already. One of them is particularly exciting for me because they're a people and culture kind of consultancy. And they're working with a huge amount of startups of their own, scale-ups of their own. Um, and so we're already in kind of conversations about how they could become almost like a distribution partner, introducing us maybe to some of their clients, or is it something that they can share directly with their clients? So we're figuring out what that could look like, but early clients I, see, I think are, are so key 
in building those partnerships with because we're really building the product for them. So we need to be learning as much as we can from those clients as well. Brilliant. Um, I think what we've got is a pretty good representation of your business model. That's pretty awesome. Uh, on the business model canvas. Do you mind if I kind of talk you through how I see it? Yeah, man. And that's then maybe really, get, good, yeah. really cool to hear it back, yeah. So from my perspective, the customers that you're trying to go for um, are kind of new in their career or looking for a, looking for a new career. Yeah. Um, and actually, you might summarise that as one billion people who need to upskill or reskill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess not necessarily just new in their career. Then We're not just talking about millennials or anything like that. We're yeah. talking about a fairly broad people, but the people that we're really targeting that I think really need to have this mm. are the people that don't have that support network currently. So mm. that's that's definitely So it, it could actually be much broader. It could yeah. be much broader, yeah. So I'm always reluctant to kind of go, you know, really niche target demographics. So therefore, defi definitely better to say 1 billion people who need to upskill and reskill then? Definitely 1 billion, but at the moment, for sure, we're definitely, the more important focus for us is is early adopters of, of cool technology things that want to improve their lives. Okay, brilliant. Um, and that tends to be, again, for now, startups and scale-ups that don't necessarily have HR, probably up to around 250 people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. And um, the product that you're kind of helping them with, or the, the value proposition is, it's the faith, uh, it's the future builders um, platform. Yeah, and uh, what the value proposition have, is having the right skills at the right time. Yes, and currently a lot of that is around the learning playlists. Yeah. but there's a lot more to come. Yeah, we've got our go, go to market strategy or go to market product strategy has been around the playlists idea mm -hmm. but actually I see this very much as a feature with a bigger the bigger feature set that we're going to be able to build over the next few weeks and months um, that will have recommendations really baked into it so you get the best content you get rid of the noise and you get the signal coming through of what's really important for you but also things like social aspects so it's not just about content but it's about connecting with people maybe that idea of like a coach in your pocket rather than it being mm. like a fitness coach we're talking about your personal development professional development coach in your pocket um so yeah loads of loads of features and functionality talked about a little bit of assessment skills yeah assessing skills like People don't know what they're good at and what they need to learn. And so we've built already a, a taxonomy of future skills that we think people really need to have over the next five to 10 years, baked in a lot of research from places like the World Economic Forum. Um, and what we wanna do is be able to, very for, for people to really quickly and, uh, uh, and, and in a highly engaging way, determine the skills that they have and the skills gaps that they have. Mm. If you can, and there's a simple, simple thing here, if you can do that for one person, great that person is going to improve if you can do that with a whole business that business would be mm. it's so valuable for people to know their skills business business leaders about 80 percent of ceos say that they highlight the skills gap as a top priority for them mm. but they don't know where the skills are the skills gaps are so that's going to be key. Solve that. that's, that's going to be, be key. key but as we say though a lot of this is still assumptions like even though a lot of it's built still assuming on whether actually it's the right thing at yeah the and so we're trying to test a lot of these assumptions kind of constantly Brilliant. And so um, the key channels are through paid uh, campaigns on social, but also a lot of content marketing through the playlist links. Um, and also you could maybe class this as a channel through the team accounts where people like the, people, the businesses that buy it then pass it on um, to the employees. But then they're maybe using it in all areas as well. Definitely. Uh, one of the things we want to really try to create is viral loops. Now, there's this thing called a viral coefficient, which is... Uh, called K, 
right? It doesn't really matter what letter it is. Uh, K is potassium, though, I think, right? Ah, no, I don't know. You're <laughs> very good. You're a good teacher. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if that's entirely true. don't remember my <laughs> table that well. Um, but the K factor is for each person that comes onto the platform, how many more people do they bring? If you can mm. get a coefficient of over one, that means for every person that joins the platform, they're going to bring another one person. Mm. That's where you can get start getting really interesting viral loops because you can see the exponential growth happening over time. If I bring 100 people, they bring 100 people, they bring 100 people, they bring 100 people, etc., etc. I think this episode has just been a feast of different kind of uh, um, kind of methodologies. <laughs> yeah. And what have we had? We've had viral coefficients. Yeah. We've had uh, the innovation uh, curve, diffusion adoption, curve. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. and the bell curve for adoption. What's it called? It's the diffusion of innovation. Diffusion of innovation. Yeah. Uh, we've had the, the business model canvas. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's bring this home. Let's bring this home. Let's bring it home. So we're nearly there. Um, the customer relationships are B2C, but also B2B, because yeah. Yeah, you can go straight to the consumer, then download the app and use it. Uh, but also business sell to businesses that they can get their teams in. And that's really where you're, you're going to get a lot of scale as well, I think. Yeah. Um, the um, How you're making money is it's freemium to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, so- a subscription as a, sorry, software as a service kind of um, model. Uh, but also some advertising that could come on. Potentially. Maybe, yeah. but... That associated to that. What I don't want to do is go down an advertising route and it just kills, kills the platform. Yeah. I'm yeah. just not interested in doing that. Great. So I'll do it if it's the right thing and if it serves our users. Great. Um, and the key things, uh, the key resources that you've got are your mobile and web app. Yep. Um, your venture backed. Yep. And, and importantly, it's got you and your brain, I think, which is <laughs> the experience of um, the teaching experience and the um, entrepreneurial experience as well, cr- creating and growing um, um, ventures. So um, the key things that you're doing, the key activities, or you're building the app or continuously yeah. updating it and improving it, you've, and you've got your marketing yes. growing this thing. Yeah. Um, and then the costs associated to that are the people for, for, for the marketing and, and, and the app building, but, but also the paid growth channels. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, we've got the partners, Mm -hmm. which is thankfully here, Founders Factory, which we're able to record this here in the podcast studio. But also they're giving you a lot of support. Yeah, amazing support. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they've been they've been phenomenal um, across all facets of the business. So trying to figure out the right proposition, helping out with growth, um, kind of founder coaching, product coaching, um, B2B relationships, doing all, Mm. all of that kind of it's almost like you've got a. You've got this support team behind you um, that are kind of pushing you on, but also challenging you as well. So it's been really helpful. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the last one is your early clients. Yeah, so, so valuable. Um, I've, you know, I'm trying to have as many conversations with those clients as I can, and also conversations with end users as well, because there's always that, you want to make sure that you're finding out what a buyer wants to buy, but also what your end user's experience should be and what they're really looking for and the pains they're looking to solve. Um, so, yeah, early clients are so invaluable at this stage for us, yeah. Brilliant. So that's your business model canvas um, for where you are now. And we also talked a little bit about the future there at certain points. Yeah. How, how has this exercise been for you and what's it helped you understand? Again, I think for me, we've done this before, just created a bigger kind of business plan um because you know because we're doing our fundraising um but what this does is it gets through a lot of that noise and all of this confusion and the complexity that's constantly revolving around my head and gets through to exactly the signal and the the, uh, specific stuff that we need to be focusing on i can already see stuff on here and it's making me think about things on here that 
I need to be doing f focusing a bit more of my attention on. So that mm. idea of prioritization as well is really key. So one of those things, just as an example, user growth is really important, but also making sure that users are activated mm -hmm. as much as possible as well. So how can I re-engage users better? How can I give them the support they need to get the most out of the platform, whether that's through email campaigns with existing users? What I'm also thinking, maybe doing a quick video of like a couple of explainer videos, kind of doing that education piece around the education platform, all very meta, um, but what else? what else can I be doing to serve customers even better? Um, I should probably say as well that the Business Model Canvas is a tool created by Strategizer. Uh, probably, or it's definitely worth checking out the book Value Proposition Design. Um, highly recommended um, if you want to yep. find out more about it. And, and testing like, business ideas as and well. And testing business ideas as well. <laughs> One that we always have. <laughs> book of the year, right? It's our book of the year. So definitely try both of those books. Um, what else do we need to say? I think we've said a whole load of stuff. I guess, you know, the shameless plugs at the end of the at the end of the session uh, two things again as always I'll give you I'll let you do the the like share <laughs> all that stuff but future builders you know we're, we're open we want people to be using it it's completely free um, you can go to futurebuilders.co you can sign up right there um, check it out at the moment it's just a wait list but we're going to be launching it again probably by the time this comes out if not very soon afterwards sign up and you'll hear everything in a, a newsletter as we progress loads of new developments constantly happening so if you've been on the platform before and you've gone well it's not that great cool it totally wasn't but it soon will be so um, we'll look out for that brilliant so if you've got some value from this session if you've enjoyed it please like the video smash it if that's the kind of thing you're into um, also, you might share it with a friend. You never know. Surely we've got friends that might be getting value from this too. Absolutely. So share it with them. Don't be selfish, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, share it with a friend. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>